Just when you're out at Walmart, when Mary Ann hits the opening chord to the doxology, they all stop and stand. <laughs> that was that made me so happy. I love you all so much. It's so good. I'm going to invite you to hear the scriptures today. We're going to be in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 11, verses 1 through 13. Uh, you can turn there now. The words will be on the screen. If you've got your Bible app on your phone, that's a perfectly great place to be, too. Uh, so I'm going to invite you to hear this word. This is uh, uh, the disciples ask Jesus a very important and great question. So hear these words. He, being Jesus, Jesus was praying in a certain place. And after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us. And do not bring us into the time of trial. And he said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread. For a friend of mine has arrived, and I have nothing to set before him. And he answers from within, Do not bother me. The door has already been locked, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not give up, get up and give him anything because he is his friend, At least because of his persistence, he will get up and give him whatever he needs. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given you. Search, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives, and everyone who searches finds. And for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Is there anyone among you who, if your child asks for a fish, will give a snake instead of a fish? Or if the child asks for an egg, will give a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts together be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. For you are our rock and our Redeemer. Amen. Amen. So we are continuing in our series called Remember. And if you'll look at your bulletin the way we've got it listed, it's kind of a little uh, preacherly play on words. For example, how many of you have ever sent an email? Uh, Half of us have. Nobody sent an email here. Very good. Smoke signal. Anybody? Smoke signal. Very good. You know, when you get an email and you reply to it, the subject says R-E colon and whatever you're talking about. Sometimes you reply all, even though you shouldn't, and everybody's stuck in your chain message. But R-E deals with the subject, so we're going to be dealing with R-E member. What we're talking about in this series is the promises that bind us together as the professing membership of the church. Now, we're not the church simply because we have a building. The church is not the building. You know, people can be a church, churches all over are churches without buildings. We're not a church simply because we choose that, hey, this is the time each week we're going to come together and be in the same room. We're the church because of the lordship of Jesus Christ and the promises that are made. We are bound together by promise. 
The promises that God makes to us that says, I will be your God. The promises that we make through our faith in Jesus Christ, that I will be your children. And the promises that we all make together as we join into the church, our membership vows. And so we're going to be talking about those through this series. And it's also an opportunity to remember. For those of you who have already made your profession of faith and become a professing member of the church, it's an opportunity to celebrate and remember the promises that you made and that we all made to you when you joined the church. In the same way that it's really special at times in our lives, maybe for those of you who are married, you've thought about uh, renewing your wedding vows to remember and reflect on the promises that you've made. In the same way, we get to remember and celebrate and renew the promises that we made to God and one another when we joined the church. I wonder if you remember the vows that we all made and the promises that we made when we joined the church. It goes like this. To faithfully participate in the life of the church through five things. Our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness. Those are the things that we promise to God and each other and that you promise back to everybody who joins the church. And so today, we're going to begin focusing on on each of them. We'll start with our vow for prayer. We'll begin that way. So one of the joys of seeing children grow up, they don't have to be your own children. It's just neat sometimes to, sometimes, sometimes children are to delight, but most of the time they are. Um, One of the joys of seeing children grow up is watching them learn to do things on their own. I mean, that's kind of what we do, right? We don't want to be brushing their teeth in their 60s. Uh, We want to teach them to do things on their own. And so it's wonderful when a child learns to talk and to walk and uh, to begin to uh, maybe change their own clothes and brush their teeth and praise the Lord, do chores around the house. Oh, my, my. Self-sufficiency is important. And that's what we ideally we want uh, for our children and for each other, to be able to take care of yourselves, to be able to then take care of others. Self-sufficiency is important. And at the same time, though, self-sufficiency also has a dark side. Because if we're not careful, our wonderful ability to take care of ourselves can turn into a great disability. The inability to ask for help. And recognize that as self-sufficient as we are, we simply can't do everything we need on our own. We just simply can't. And there comes a point in our lives, and hopefully it happens to you gently, and it will probably happen more than once. There comes a point in our lives where we need to be honest about what we cannot do on our own. And some of us will say, no, 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 I've got this. I'll Uh, recoil from any offer of help or assistance or even any sign that uh, I am weak or unable to do something. But it's, listen, it's not only okay to admit that you can't do it on your own, it's also good and healthy and right. And as believers in Christ, we turn to prayer to transform our self-sufficiency into god dependency. We transform through prayer our self-sufficiency into God dependency. The very God who created us also desires to communicate with us and to help us. 
And that is precisely why we make the promise at the very beginning of our vows of membership to pray. We begin with prayer. Because the reality is, is that when we make this promise to God and to each other, that I will uh, faithfully participate in the life of the church through my prayers, we are recognizing that it, there is nothing that we can do really on our own. It's impossible. We need help. For crying out loud, try this. I want you to make your heartbeat go. I want you to create the oxygen that you need to breathe. Go. I want you... How many of you know how to put bread on the table? Okay. Well, I can teach you. Y'all are allowed to raise your hands in church. Caitlin can put bread on the table, and so can Dee. Y'all can wake up any time now, or I'm just going to go home. I'm just going to go home. We know how to put bread on the table. You can go to the bylaw. You go to the Dollar General. You can make it yourself. But here's the reality. You may have put bread on your table, but you didn't put that bread on your table. Where did it come from? How did it get there? How did you pick it up? How did it arrive at the store? How did it, uh, it get grown? And it all goes back to God. And there are things in your life that you run across that you're going to try to make it on your own, and you just can't. And we need each other and we need God and and so the the understanding that when we pray we open ourselves up to be dependent on God what we when we promise that to each other what we're promising is that I stand before you to join this church and I promise you that with God's help I am going to give my life to prayer so that God can shape me so that you are not getting somebody who's going to depend on himself in your church family Have you ever thought about the fact that you can't even live your Christian faith through your own force of will and self-sufficiency? How can you grow more and more Christ-like? How can you grow mature but by the grace of God and the power of the Holy Spirit? Do you know what it looks like when we try to be self-sufficient in our Christian maturity? It looks like legalism and rule-following and behavior modification, which is not growing close to the heart of God. Did you know that you can do many things that Christians do and not be a Christian? You can do many things that Christians do, be a Christian, but be farther from God than you've ever been in your life. If we try to be self-sufficient in our discipleship, in our lives of faith, you can go to church, you can stop cussing, drinking, smoking, whatever your habit is, you can uh, uh, say nice things, you can help people, you can tithe, you can show up to church four times a week, you can uh, do all of those things. But if you're not dependent upon God, it doesn't mean that your heart is growing. It doesn't mean that your life is changing. It doesn't mean that you are drawing close to the heart of God. You see, even our own faith requires God dependency. And so when we stand before one another and we say, I want to be a part of this church family, I'm going to make these promises. You can count on me. You can trust that with God's help, I'm going to do all that I can to give my life to prayer so that God will be shaping me so that you can have the Jim or the Greg or the Ann or or the Millie that God is shaping. I promise you, by promising my prayers, for one, 
that you are not getting somebody who's simply trying to make it on their own, lacking the power of God, putting on the show of behavior, but you're getting somebody who is going to be filled with grace to the best of their openness, to the best of God's gift. Somebody who's not going to try to make it through life by the force of their will and pushing people away, but one who will be vulnerable and open and open to the power of God. That's what we promise each other. It is a spiritual foundation. And I think it's interesting that the promise to pray becomes, comes first. It comes first. Because you can be present, you can uh, witness, you can uh, give, you can serve and to some degree, but if you're not praying, you're not being formed and shaped in God dependency, then you're telling God, I can do this all by myself. Have you ever done something that you knew you needed help, but you, but you really tried to do it by yourself? Oh, let me think of an example. So we have, uh, we have a trampoline at the house. And we moved a year ago, and we had the trampoline over there. Um, and uh, I ch- when we first got it, I tried to put it together all by myself. And these boxes are just, I mean, that thing is heavy as all get out. And I'm like, guys, I got this. I got this. And so I go, and I try to pick it up. And guess what? Not only can I not get it, but pop goes the back muscle. Same thing when I packed it up to move it. I needed some help. It was something that I needed help with. I tried to do it on my own. You know, when we try to do things on our own without the help of God, without the help of others, we end up hurting ourselves, breaking things, and not getting it done. God dependency. We promise to pray for God dependency. We promise one another that we will find our sufficiency in God who communes with us in prayer. And so the gospel says that one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. Now, you'll see that all throughout the the Gospels that Jesus was off praying somewhere. And this is an interesting thing to me because if there was any person that ever lived that could be self-sufficient, don't you think it would be Jesus? The guy could cast out demons, heal the sick. He could turn turn a few loaves of bread and some fish into a meal for 5,000 people. He can calm storms. He could probably get it all done. And yet Jesus continues to be dependent on his Father in prayer, to commune with God in prayer. In fact, the disciples, uh, they see this, and they see there must be something interesting and important about Jesus' prayer life because they say, Lord, teach us to pray. It's interesting. They don't say, hey, Jesus, teach me how to still the storm. Hey, Jesus, uh, teach me how to cast out demons and heal. They say, Lord, teach me to pray. And I love the honesty of that question because it's open and says, guess what? I can't follow Jesus in my own strength. I need some help. Lord, teach us to pray. And so Jesus said to them, when you pray, say this. Now, it's not like you always have to say only this. This is a model of prayer. And uh, he said this in Luke chapter 11. He said, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins. For we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us. And do not bring us to the time of trial. Y'all recognize that? Oh, good night, people. Thank you. It's a form of the Lord's Prayer. It's a form of the Lord's Prayer. I'm just going to have you hit the doxology chord. It's the only way you can get these people to stand up and talk. It's a form of the Lord's Prayer. And now those few verses alone are enough for tons and tons of sermons. But today I want to emphasize two overarching ideas about this call and promise to pray. Okay? So the first thing is this. Prayer is based on God's relationship to us. 
prayer is based on God's relationship to us. Jesus says, when you pray, say, Father. Oh, wow. Say, Father. Now, that might seem normal to you. We've grown up in a kind of a culture in a world where God is God the Father, and we, if you've grown up around church, you hear that all the time. But this is a big deal, because this isn't God the cosmic vending machine. If I say the right words and put in the right coinage of words, then you will give me what I want. This is not, God, oh, thou distant deity who is too far away. I hope I'm praying loud and impressively enough to get your attention. This is not, oh, God, who barely can stand the sound of my voice. I hope I'm interesting enough so you don't hang up on me. This is God, Father. This is intimate relationship language. This is, in my family, known me before I was born, with me through thick and thin at all times, Father. See, prayer is centered on this relationship. And we can see that all throughout the New Testament, especially in Ephesians, that when we give our lives to Jesus Christ, we are adopted into the family of God, and God claims us he is our Father, and we are his children. And so we approach God as a father. And just like a good earthly father, a good earthly father would delight in the sound of his children's voice and in the presence of their child and provide for their child for the needs that they have and would speak encouragement and guidance to them in the same way God wants to be in in our presence in that way to communicate with us. I don't know if there's somebody in your life that you just, when you sit in the same room as them, it feeds your soul. For some of you, it might be your earthly fathers, or might have been. That is the heart and the essence of prayer, that we would hear our Father's voice and that he would hear our voice. And so prayer is not just a words we say uh, before a mealtime or during church. It is this continual relationship with the one who loves us, who desires to provide for our every need, and seeks to raise us up into his image. Prayer connects us continually with a Father we can depend on. Prayer is about being formed in relationship with God. Prayer, first, is based on God's relationship to us. And second thing is that prayer bends our lives towards this God dependency. Prayer bends our lives toward God dependency. I mean, if you look at this prayer that Jesus teaches us, it's filled with things that we could probably do by ourselves. For example, give me my daily bread. Well, I get my daily bread from the Walmart neighborhood market, the Bilo, or the Dollar General. I I can can get the daily bread. I can get my nature zone. I'm willing to pay almost $3 for a good loaf of bread. I can put it on the table. I could go right after church and get some more. But you know, the prayer that Jesus teaches us says, no longer depend on yourself, but depend on God for your daily bread. Now, there is more to daily bread than actual bread, but it it gives us this image that you take what you think you can do yourself and you depend on God for it, when the reality is, as I mentioned, that you might buy it, but it came from somewhere else. You remember the feeding of the 5,000? The disciples gathered up, there are 5,000 people, the disciples gathered up just a few loaves of bread and some fish. And you know what they said? They said, this is barely enough for us. That is self-sufficiency. But the Lord's Prayer teaches us when we depend on God for our daily bread, 
It's like when Jesus multiplied those loaves to feed 5,000 people with leftovers. It bends us toward God dependency. So Jesus instructs us and prayer forms us, changes us from being satisfied with putting bread on the table to asking God to provide our daily bread. It transforms us from trying to manage the consequences of our sins and mistakes to asking God for forgiveness. You know how good we are when we make a mistake or, or transgress. We can cover it up. We can try to minimize it. We can try to justify it, manage the fallout. But no longer do that for yourself because it's not sufficient anyway. Depend on God for forgiveness. And in the same way, prayer bends us from relying on our own willpower to resist temptations and difficulties and to ask God to not lead us into the time of trial. All things that we think we can do for ourselves, prayer bends us to depend on God for it and ultimately turns us away from depending on ourselves to depending on the kingdom of God. Your kingdom come. Keep your focus not on your self-sufficiency but on the kingdom. And Jesus said elsewhere in the scripture, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. Prayer moves us away from self-sufficiency and bends our lives towards God dependency. We have a Father who relates to us, who wants to speak to us and provide for us and tell us that what you think you can do on your own, I can do abundantly far more than you could ever ask or imagine. When you think you do not have enough, when you lean on me in prayer, you will have more than enough. When you have nothing to give, when you lean on me in prayer, you will overflow in the abundance of spirit and love and gift and material and all of the things you need to live into what you call me to do. And so we promise to pray. Because we promise to be that kind of people. We promise to pray because we want other people to trust us, that they can, you can count on us to be filled with the presence of God and God's grace. You can count on me that with God's help I am praying so that I can be the best disciple that I can be for your sake and for the kingdom of God. That I am being formed in the image of God through prayer. We make this promise so that you can count on me, we can count on each other to pray for each other, to lift each other up to the God who can do far more than we could ever ask or imagine. We make this promise so that we can count on each other to pray for our church, so that we do not try to uh, fulfill our call by our own strength and will, but by the very supernatural power of God and the leading of God that goes beyond even our imagination. We depend on prayer. We breathe by prayer, and we promise one another that we will pray because we can't do this on our own, but God can do this. And that is a glorious thing. We are a community of promise. And we have promised to pray. So I want to invite you today to be God-dependent. Spend some time with your Father who loves you, who longs to communicate with you, who knows the unique sound of your voice. And if you don't know what to say, then this will do. Lord, teach me to pray. Amen? Amen. Well, today, because we have promised to pray, we have an opportunity to live into that promise. Uh, We promised by...